Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat. We are, of course, the only podcast brave enough not to do their recurring bit about being the only podcast, period, uh, this week. Because, I don't know, I didn't think of a joke this week. We're also the only one brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm Lucas Southworth. And I am John Bishop. It's true. I know him. I've known him for a long time. That's why we do this Cars podcast together. John, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, when I approached you about recording for this uh, episode... I asked if you wanted to talk about something that is a very clear and obvious topic that we should talk about in regards to cars. It's just racing, like racing in general, because that's a big thing in the Cars movies. And in general, it's, it's just a big thing, racing. Before you go on, that does bring me to a question from Liz. Both of our significant others are named Elizabeth, and they ask us questions. We don't tell you which is which. That's the joke. This week being, isn't that what you t- kind of talk about every week? Which, I mean, I don't know, sort of. That was questions yeah. from Liz. Yep. Okay. That's that's a question from Liz. And uh, yeah. So back to back to what I was trying to explain. Uh, so this Sorry, episode we were going to be talking about uh, racing in general, and then in preparation for this episode, you showed me a video. It is a an official Cars tune. In this official Cars tune, we explore the Stanley five hundred and a half, which makes me feel a lot better about the uh, Indianapolis. 714 i don't know what the heck you called it man but yeah that's fair yep and uh and then i watched this and i assume you also watched it and uh well they did the thing they did in fact do a thing yep we talked about it before but there was this uh deleted scene in which lightning queen wanders off into a terrible haunted forest just littered with dead bodies and we we assume, yeah, that's going to be deleted for an obvious reason. It's just a bunch of terrifying dead bodies. And then they did it. Yeah, we, we always talk about, man, this would have such bonkers implications into this universe, but it's not actually in like a canonical scene, in a canonical like short or movie or anything. What a shame. But they did basically copy and paste that entire deleted scene into the official Cars tune, uh, the Radiator Springs 500 and a half. Well, not the entire thing. Lightning didn't get lost in the sense that it was the beginning of the movie and he just kind of fell asleep and wandered off. No, in this one, what happens is he is well established as being in and a part of the community of Radiator Springs. And then he's challenged to a race. And then Mater, being as confusing as he is, accidentally gets all the people in the race lost. And in doing so, they just stumble upon the enchanted forest full of dead bodies. All we talk about when we talk about that as a deleted scene is, of course they didn't put this in this children's media. Why would they ever do that? Because the implications are... That they're just places where people wander off and just die and their bodies will rot there and no one will ever look for them or collect the bodies and you can just stumble on to this area and that's just a thing you have to accept. The thing is, and I don't know, maybe we'll go back and establish more about this, but I, since we're talking about it, we're talking about it. You can see in the foreground of the shot graves. This is a graveyard where there are just bodies not below the ground. <laughs> Litter. It's an intentional graveyard because you see headstones. But no, there are just rotting dead cars with like broken windows. And they run into one and bugs crawl out of its mouth in like a genuinely unsettling little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Oh boy. Okay. So and there's more more weird implications throughout the Radiator Springs 500 and a half, which again was not what this episode was going to be about. When I sent it to John, it was literally two minutes before we were going to record. And I mm-hmm. said, oh yeah, I just sort of remembered that this short was a thing. We should watch it and see if there's anything about racing, because it seems to be about a race. I hadn't seen it yet. But no, now that's what most of the episode's about, huh? Yep. So, okay. The beginning of this whole thing is, oh, they're throwing a festival in honor of Stanley, the founder of Radiator Springs. And Lightning McQueen is, of course, obviously, dressed as Stanley in what I can only assume would be a terribly offensive costume, but no one seems to take issue with. And uh, then all of a sudden, some weird strapped-together vehicles with insanely high suspension and all this stuff come into the town and challenge lightning to a race by insulting Stanley uh, for (laughs) some reason. And uh, they insult an old statue of the town's founder, you know, like 'er ne'er-do-wells. At first they insult lightning because he looks ridiculous dressed as this vehicle. And then uh, they insult Stanley by saying he looks even dumber than you. Which, boy howdy, they like to lay it on thick with just having dumb people be dumb. Do you, I have their names here. Do you want to know their names? Because they're pretty good. I really do. Okay, the four weird cars are named Sandy Dunes, Blue Grit, Idle Threat, and Shifty Sidewinder. <laughs> and all of them are good, but man, I want to go back to Idle Threat for a second. His name defeats itself no yeah (laughs) it's not only does it imply that he's clearly very slow vehicle on account of him idling but also it's supposed to sound threatening because the word threat is in there but an idle threat is famously not a real one yeah yeah it's pretty good uh but so what they had planned for Stanley Day, that's what this holiday was. It was Stanley Day, which, mm-hmm. come on, call it like Founder Day or something, whatever. Uh, they had planned like this nice leisurely drive that sort of like mirrored kind of what Stanley would experience uh, on his exploration out to the West, finding Radiator Springs. Uh, so Mater is basically like, okay, we'll send them on basically the same track we were going to go on but they'll just do it fast and they'll do it as a race so he tells them how to do it but it's very confusing uh and they do a lot of bits of like and then you turn left at the tractors uh you got that right and then they all do the the classic like so it's right and he's like left and there's like left right and he's like right you get it you've seen that bit in a hundred movies and boy howdy they really do lean on that bit the entire time no, yeah, they, they do this fun recurring bit in which uh, the racers are trying to remember which way to go or where they are, uh, and a little like apparition of Mater memory, I guess, will come and say, you go right at the tractors or something wrong, uh, and it even comes back and reminds Mater where he currently is once, which I thought was a genuinely good joke. Mater couldn't remember the name of the cave he was in, and then he remembered himself saying it earlier. It was an okay joke. Let's talk about the fact that he couldn't remember the name of the cave he was in, even though the name of the cave was like headlight or taillight cave. Taillight. Taillight cave. And they were just surrounded by taillights, which in case you're wondering, those taillights were stalagmites and stalactites. So somehow we have to not make the entire focus of this episode the fact that, yes, they're just dead bodies strewn about the forest. And yes, we know that somehow organic body parts just grow from caves. And that one I can almost forgive because you could almost just say that like, oh, they're just a naturally occurring glowing like stalagmite stalactite thing that just happens to look like a taillight. Yeah, that would be that would be easy to accept. Yeah, but where the racers end up is tailpipe cavern in which the stalagmites and stalactites are working exhaust pipes, mufflers and whatnot, tailpipes, that 
eschew smoke and like our metal like like yep. they yep, made yep, yep. The, the tail lights look believably naturally occurring the tail pipes on the other hand were literally just tail pipes growing out of a cave and uh is, when he so, says that they just eschew gas what what they do is they wait until you realize they're exhaust pipes and then all at once they cast the spell from D&D darkness and just shoot this black fog that blinds you throughout the entire cave and then makes a giant black smoke ring shoot out of the cave mouth that you exit from. Yeah, it w- it seemed like it like how octop or uh, squids I believe actually have like their their ink that they release. Uh, as a defense mechanism, it made it seem like either the cave or the individual tailpipes were alive, which, gosh, we'll get to, but we gotta finish recapping the weird, bonkers nonsense that happens in this teeny, teeny tiny little short. They fall down a cliff at one point, but that's not that impressive, yep. and they go through, like, a bunch of cactuses. There's this weird parallelism between the path they're supposed to take and the path they do take, where Mater describes each area of the race in like a fairy tale esque term, like the the rolling hills and the the enchanted forest and the taillight cave, but every time they went anywhere on the wrong path, it was somehow like a reverse of that thing that you could somehow believe was the thing, like the uh, the enchanted forest. Instead, for them, was what I can only call the haunted forest. And the uh, the aforementioned body forest. Yep, the body forest. And then there's the uh, tailpipe cave instead of the tail light cave. Uh, and then there's uh, what was it? The rolling hills was just this mountainous area that they fell off of and nearly died a thousand times over. Yeah, I would call it one large rolling hill, maybe with like a bunch of bumps, but like yep. it was still, you know. We have to get back to the fact that they called it an enchanted forest. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know that I don't trust the fact that they are implying that it's literally an enchanted forest. But before that, we'll just say at the they they go through all of these terrible places. The racers have a bad time. The citizens of Radiator Springs taking their leisurely drive have a wonderful evening. They make it back to the statue of Stanley in Radiator Springs, and they're like, that was great. I loved that. And then the racers come back and they're like, man, that was the worst. You're, that Stanley must have been just like the most rough and tumble guy in the West. And someone's like, yep, he sure was. And then, yep. you know the statue of Stanley, John? Oh, you mean his, clearly his uh, tomb? You know, where, Apparently. where his body must be stored? Oh, we know that they have some traditions involving entombing the dead so yeah and resealing that is the fact that they compliment stanley and his ghost floats out of his statue winks at the racers everyone's cool with that in the short ends Uh uh-huh yep uh so ghosts confirmed uh dead body graveyard just strewn about the terrifying forest also confirmed Uh uh the fact that everyone's cool with ghosts confirmed and the fact that yeah. uh, Stanley must have died in a terrible passion also confirmed. Yeah, maybe he I don't I don't think this is how ghosts work, but maybe he was perfectly like at rest, at peace. But then, you know how lightning messed up his statue in the first movie? Mm, okay. Yeah. That, that sort of enraged him and he felt he didn't have <laughs> the respect of specifically lightning but anyone which is why lightning has to be the host of his uh, festival because he needs to make penance to allow stanley to rest yes this is this was all a ritual they they play almost like uh, a cabin in the woods style they planned for these four cars to drive up and challenge them and learn to respect their uh pagan god stanley Mm -hmm. or it's kind of like a a Greek pantheon thing where they weren't supposed to survive that race because what Mater says is something along. I told them to go left, right? I sure hope they didn't go right because I don't know if they would survive that. And 
very clearly that makes sense when you find out that there's a, a sudden drop, a bunch of cacti at the bottom of said drop, a bunch of like terrifying haunting woods scenarios, and just a poison cave. Yeah, and evidence of former travelers who have died taking this path. Mm-hmm. Clear as day evidence, not like our kind of evidence where we're like, well, if you kind of look at it this way, then maybe the cars are like this. No, there are straight up dead cars strewn about this forest. So, Lucas, you know how I've many a time, and by many a time, I think one time, just one single time, mentioned that uh, in that short that was deleted, the all the cars that were dead bodies seemed to have trees growing from them. So they might be like seeds or organic beings that become trees and whatnot. Yeah, that, that follows through to this one. There's a weird amount of support in a strange way of, if that's true, then it makes sense that that weird patch of cacti underneath the cave or underneath the sheer drop might just be a bunch of fertilized ground because it goes from being barren dead ground to being just full of plant life and cactuses. And my theory is that, okay, so a lot of, like that's where most of the cars that go this way die. They drive off the cliff, their body smashes into the ground and like all of the bits scatter. So they don't become a full tree, but they become other plant life like a cactus. And that's why there's just this huge patch of cactuses instead of just dead bodies. It's because they're already so old that they've grown into being cactuses. Truly troubling stuff, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I think my part of that was that it reinforces our fact that there's some organic bit inside of the cars, which uh, I'll, I'll say that again. I think it does with the trees growing out of them. But I think what reinforces it like 10 times more is the fact that they bump into one of these old cars. Uh, and like I said, the truly unsettling image of like, I don't know, a hundred bugs crawl out of it, having being disturbed after I can only assume consuming the decaying flesh that lives somewhere inside of that shell. Like, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I was worried about something at first. There was one thing where they thought one of the dead bodies was like a ghost coming back to life because uh, some lightning uh, VW beetle bugs uh, are flying in front of its eyes and glowing. And for a moment, I had to struggle with the fact that I thought maybe these bugs were just inside of its skull behind the windshield. And that's just so troubling. John, that you mentioning that car specifically is actually... A very good transition to the, you know, y'all just aren't submitting names for the wiki quote of the day, and that's fine, and I just have to be okay with that. If you still want to do it, that's great. I would love it. But I've just got to be okay with the fact that maybe you won't of the day. Give me that uh, social pressure guilt of the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was passive aggressive. Uh... (laughs) Today we are going over to worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com. It's it's just where I look now. I look at World of Cars fandom, uh, worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com first now. Uh, but that is slash wiki slash the Radiator Springs five hundred and a half, and we are going all the way down to trivia. And John, this one's troubling. Like all a right. lot of things we've been talking about are pretty troubling, but we go to the fifth bullet point here, second from the bottom. And it's a very short sentence. It says, one of the car corpses in the forest mm-hmm. closely mm-hmm. resembles Doc Hudson. No, 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 no. And I, I rewatched the little scene and I'll send you a little uh, screenshot of it now here. I think they're talking about uh, the... Uh, car you were talking about who had the lightning bugs behind its windshield because it's the one that it it looks the closest definitely it doesn't look dissimilar to doc hudson Hmm. okay i can say that it's not doc hudson just because the grill is wrong and that is the comfort that i will take i'm going to look up doc hudson real quick the grill is in fact wrong okay uh yeah okay that's fair. Okay. Now, okay, just to ruin better. that real quick, 
The grill, as we have discussed many times, clearly represents a mustache on most people, and if it is a mustache, that means the grill could easily have changed near the end of his life because he could have had a different mustache. So there's that. Yeah, and it's clearly been mangled also. Like, you look at it, it's very broken, and it's been mangled to look like spooky teeth, mm-hmm. uh, which is yeah, why they just to, made that design choice. But Just to emphasize the creepiness, they made sure that these sort of cars... They all have the same type of grill, which makes them look like they have monster teeth. And uh, in case that wasn't enough, this one with the demon bug eyes that has the terrifying vampiric teeth also has the trees growing out of it. But one of them is very clearly modeled to look like a terrifying, haunting hand reaching out to you. No, yeah, the trees look like they are his arms. Mm-hmm. Like both one more than the other, but like there are two on either side and they look like his arms. And again, if you think of this as a dead body that has maybe even been posed this way by some maniac, no, I don't, I can't think of a way that this isn't at the very least deeply unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 John, I, I agree that 85% this isn't Doc Hudson. I think we need to discuss the 15% chance that this may be Doc Hudson that's been thrown into a forest after his untimely death. See, I gotta say, I'm saying it's 50-50 that it wasn't... uh, 50-50 that it wasn't... Okay, so if we're going with 85%, it's not Doc Hudson. Then the remaining 15%, I'm going to split that into a 50-50 chance that he died and was put here, or he had some sort of, I don't know, episode and just kind of like a dying elephant wandered off into this terrible, terrible, terrible death place so that he could just (laughs) stay there and die. Like a dying elephant, John. Okay. That's a phrase. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I don't like either of those options. I was the one who said we should talk about this, and I still stand by that. But man, I don't like talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My, my argument for why he was put here digitally by his grieving friends is the fact that, again, we do see graves and headstones here. Uh, so this this seems like a place that's been designated also by the, at the very least, by the living as where they put dead things, even if, again, they don't put them, they just sort of leave them around. Mm-hmm. Now, I I do feel a strange need to say something. Okay, I'm not looking forward to it, just because right. how you've described it. So, I have a good reason that these terrible, terrible haunted forest graveyards might exist. And that's because they ain't got no hands. Yeah. You can't bury the dead if you can't dig. And if you don't have some sort of excavation vehicle, you're not going to be able to dig. So I'm thinking that maybe once the graveyard is completely full of dead bodies, they hire out some guy from out out of town to dig graves for them. And then they put the, the rest of the corpses into those holes and then give them graves. But until that point, they can't afford to just have a guy on retainer. So they just leave these bodies here until they can get someone to dig that hole, you know, cause they ain't got no hands. No. Yeah. You've made a compelling, compelling argument. I can't deny that. <sighs> yep. I don't really have much to retort that. That's a pretty solid line of thinking. It could also be even that like the graves are there to represent like those who they weren't able to bury for whatever reason or like spots where bodies used to be and they've fully decayed and become part of, well, they're metal. Uh, they've fully fallen apart to the point that you can't really recognize them as a body. <sighs> or they buried some people here and because we know ghosts do exist, those yeah, ghosts this place is defo haunted. <laughs> uh, would just lure people into this haunted forest to die once again all of these options are bad i i I, like i've got a challenge for you lucas think of one reason that wouldn't be upsetting yeah 
I, I was just gonna say it's good. Like we we it's almost always better like content when we are distressed by things. So I usually try to go to these distressing places. Uh, not always only, but like I'm genuinely racking my brain of like an okay reason that this place exists in this universe. Even if, if it were just like how the cars, like it's a fully different culture than ours. And this is like, just okay. This is how they deal with death and grieving and how they like deal with dead bodies. Sure. But like this place is terrifying to the racers. So like they didn't go in and were like, oh, we've stumbled upon a burial site or whatever they would call it. They were like, what is happening? What is this place? I hate it and it's terrifying and there are dead things everywhere. So I can't, that that was my only way of thinking. Like it was just, you know, a completely different culture that we wouldn't understand, but the cars, the, the canon characters in it don't understand it either. Mm-hmm. I have a not as negative theory. Please, I would love it. All right, so we saw the graves, and we see these bodies, and you and I have theory. This theory is that these cars are squishy bits inside of car suits, essentially. So what if the graves are for the squishy bit, and they just don't feel a need to dig an entire grave for the car body? So it's just a common practice to have the car body be just left near it and the squishy bit is the only part that gets buried. So okay, this is a like terrifying place, but it's not that they're seeing dead bodies per se. They're just seeing like these really spooky looking just sets of clothing. Like the, the same way, like you see you, if you're in like a horror movie, if they go into like a department store, mannequins get really scary. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. These are just like the shapes of bodies that you might mistake for people. But if you think about it, you know that that's just like their clothing. Okay. I like that. I think probably one of our more distressing theories is probably closer to the truth. Again, just given their reactions, but that is a good way to get close to explaining it in an okay way. Uh, I will say another part that goes with that is When you see these shells, holes, I'm going to call them, you can look straight through their windshield, sort of like the very, very creepy car in Cars 2. Mm -hmm. So like there's not, there aren't eyes there, which I've always at least sort of assumed that the eyes were part of the organic bit. So that's not in there, or at the very least, if we want to go back, it's been eaten by bugs. Mm Mm-hmm. See, I would have to assume that this is a skeleton-like situation where the organic part is no longer there, and you're just seeing what is left. So there probably were eyes there, implied by there being these bugs that resemble eyes. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get back to this. Like, I, we both know it. Let's get away for it, from it for just a second. <laughs> okay. All right. So... There's an enchanted forest, there's the rolling hills, and then there's these two caves in which body parts are just growing. Yep. Okay, so know how we were leaving that one subject? Let's go back to that subject. What Uh if these, what if our theory is reversed? What if it's not that bodies become trees? What if it's that these car bodies are naturally grown and these are just unfinished bodies that a squishy bit will eventually enter, but it's just still growing. John, if on any other episode you were like, Lucas, what if the car shells are naturally occurring? I would call you a maniac. But you know, there are just tailpipes growing out of this mountain. There are tailpipes, tail lights, and it's all growing organically. So why can't we assume that these bodies are organically grown? And if it was, again, only the tail light cavern, I would be fine saying this was just a, like a very specific like type of rock that just glows that kind of looks like a tail light. But gosh, those tailpipes look alive, huh? Mm-hmm. 
and they wait till you get close to them, and then they all shoot off at once as if they have a hive mind. Oh, no. So there's a chance that car bodies are just like shells that grow organically that weird snails or hermit crabs or whatever do the thing. They just find the shells and go into them. And that's how these things work. You say things like, oh, thank the manufacturer or they don't make that part anymore. What if it's just you have to get all of the parts organically so that farmers yeah, aren't really going. growing food. They're growing parts of cars. And sometimes there's like a blight and you lose one specific type of crop and you can never get it back. So it's not this cruel, I'm choosing to let people die. It's, oh, unfortunately, that strand of crop is dead and we can't bring it back. It's extinct. Again, if in episode one where we were like, where do these cars come from? You were like, oh, the parts just occur naturally all over the world in different caves and fields and whatnot. And they have to gather them to create a shell to live in. I would have canceled the podcast because that would have been too much. But no, John, there's such solid evidence of that. I'm not willing to say that's how it works, but I'm not anywhere near willing to say that it's not how that works. And even better slash worse, these decrepit looking like rotten cars, maybe that's the case. Maybe the reason these flies are around them is because they're just like rotten fruit and... Like, the reason this car looks so terrifying is because it, like, the plants around it are dying, so maybe this this fruit is just dying and rotting, and that's how it's working. Yeah. Yeah, there's a solid line from A to B there, John. I can't even begin to deny it. Oh, boy. Even, it, John is right, also. I think he said this in our short summary of the short, which is, like, six minutes long. Even, like, the mouth of the cave is shaped like a tailpipe. It's not metallic, which, again, the tailpipes are metallic. It's not like they look like rocks that are tailpipes. They are just tailpipes. Mm -hmm. But the mouth of the cave looks like a tailpipe also, which is deeply troubling. It's real good. (laughs) Have we ever talked about the fact that, like, most of the mountains look like cars? We have a few times, and we've mentioned that maybe it's like the gods are why certain things look like trains. You might see a train mountain and it's just because Mm -hmm. the uh, deities that set this world into motion decided these mountains would look like them. And and I mean, the area around Radiator Springs is called Ornament Valley because all of the different rock formations look like different hood ornaments. (laughs) So... I don't even have something for that. That's just a fact I have in my mind about cars now that I know. That's so good. Yeah. Carburetor County is also where they are, if you were curious. Oh, boy. Okay, so you can grow parts. Certain parts are made of, like, weird rock formations. Certain rock formations just happen to look like vehicles, and that's probably not how that is. What if it's just, like, fossilized giants? Yeah, I was going to bring up, have you ever seen the like bonkers conspiracy theory that like uh, plateaus, like those giant raised uh, rock formations are actually stumps of giant trees, like just massive trees? I feel like I have heard that, but that's insane. No, yeah, it is. It's very fun to look at stuff from it. Because they will show pictures of plateaus and stumps next to each other and say, look, be like, they're the same. And I'm like, they look kind of similar. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know. It's a fun thing to occupy like half an hour if you've never heard that bonkers conspiracy theory. Especially once you get into some of, I don't know them off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've do- dove into this. But uh, the really bonkers part comes not with these are stumps of trees but what cut these giant trees down (laughs) but that's neither here nor there clearly it was the asgardians yeah they they usually say some nonsense stuff like that but uh uh, that that's all a long-winded way to say 
Yeah, maybe it's something like that. They were just giant cars that became rocks. They're just kaiju. Yeah, like the island from Moana, who is a lady. Mm-hmm. You all have seen Moana. It's very good. If you haven't, go watch Moana. Okay, so this race is called the Stanley 500 and a half. And yes. it's not because there are any more laps than one. Yeah. Why is it called the 500 and a half? Okay, I was actually thinking of this myself because I made the same connection of there's just one big lap. 500 and a half miles doesn't make any amount of sense because just like eyeballing the distance they drove and that also the citizens of Radiator Springs drove casually in the same amount of time. Like that wouldn't work. Honestly, John, I have nothing. It was to make a joke. It's like the Indianapolis 500, but half more. That's why it is. Yeah. Okay. 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 If if you're good on that, I do have... It has less implications, but I think we have some meat here. And the fact of the weird modifications Lightning gets, uh, both to look like Stanley and to do this off-road race. For both things, he does have his suspension raised. Yeah, and like, he fully, for preparing for like a intense off-road race, I get, I guess, changing out a part of your like kit, uh, your full wheel suspension, adding those crazy lights on top. It's weird, and just thinking about the fact that they can do that in like, I don't know, less than half an hour, if I'd have to guess. But Lightning also like swaps out his full like wheel and suspension set to dress just dress up as the town's founder, mm-hmm. which seems like a lot. You say that, but then Mater in the same car's tune, he became he went from being himself to being Stanley in all of one second. Yeah, well, he hops Mater's off screen. godlike abilities are well established. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. Let's talk about the costumes. Yeah. It was their founder day. So they all wanted yeah. to dress up for their founder day tour. And in mm-hmm. doing so, Flo decided she was going to dress up as if it were the 20s for some reason. And then, I guess, you know, good old I can paint everything decides to paint himself as Radiator Springs, but just the mountains, which I guess is nice. And then Fillmore decides, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to advertise, you know, the 20s again by having a bunch of bottles of hooch. Or as he calls them, jugs, which he proudly dangles about. Yeah, and then Mater and like, is just dressed as a hula girl. Yeah, I, we'll get to Mater and why he makes the choices he makes. But Fillmore, like the jugs have x's on the outside of them like it's it's pretty explicit what's in those Mm -hmm. and we know that running moonshine is a thing established weirdly solidly in cars three Mm -hmm. yep and uh that's that means straight up moonshine two of them were going for the 20s which is not when radiator springs was founded i don't have the date off the top of my head i think it's mid 1800s I want to say late 1800s, but still... That's probably a fact I can find. Probably. These people are so strange. And also, how is it not offensive that Lightning dresses up as Stanley in just the least flattering way possible? Yeah, like... He doesn't even get a paint job to, like, you know, I don't know, look anything like him. He just has this weird sack on his back, buck teeth, one of which is gold... And then his suspension is changed and his tires are changed. Yeah, he went through like... That's another thing about the amount of effort with changing his suspension. No other part of his costume had any amount of effort put into it. Yeah, yeah. He he went through what I can only assume is some like extensive uh, leg surgery. But he didn't even get a different paint job? Yeah, or like, I don't know. Just put do more than a sack real quick radiator springs was founded in 1909 on may 9th apparently oh boy i mean still not the 20s but hey what are you gonna do closer 
Closer. Oh boy. And still don't know why Mater was a hula girl. Still do not know. I that. doubt we'll ever know. The world may never know. That one will go uh, right next to one of their hands in our list of questions we aren't really equipped to answer. And why is Mater a god? John, what happens to cars after they die? Apparently, uh, some of them become ghosts. Yeah, like I'm not talking about the graveyard stuff. I'm talking about their immortal soul, if you weren't sure. Well, uh, if they were a good racer, they go to uh, Van Halla. And if they weren't, they go to, I don't know, is it? Is it hell or is hell just the person? Is this Norse? I don't know yeah. Norse. Okay. Uh, I think hell is the underworld that is also ruled by the goddess hell. That checks out. I do want to point out, and I don't know how much time we want to spend on this, but Christianity and other world religions do exist in this universe. Mm-hmm. So there's a car heaven? I mean... Maybe, maybe not, because as we have explored, we do think that there may be a strong chance that there are just these strange, like, train, boat, and whatnot deities that Mater must have descended from because he's clearly a demigod or something. So I'm thinking that the Greeks in this universe or, you know, the the Norse mythology, one of those got to be right. Okay, I can talk about Greek if it's Greek. Then everybody goes to Hades, but there's like a good section of Hades if you are a good person. And I mean, it's basically it's there's like a heaven, a purgatory, and a hell, but mm. it's all in the same like area of like it's all in Hades. Mm-hmm. They're just like different sections of it for the different people. And if you're so, extremely good and powerful, then you gotta hope that the gods also like you so that you can become a god. Yeah, no, that's, it's a good strategy. The the sort of Percy Jackson strategy. Mm-hmm. Those were good books and bad movies. Uh, I only read the first one. That one's, a, that one's a pretty good self-contained story just by itself. You, I like the other ones, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, okay, I would say though, and there are ways around this, but a slight snag in the, they are organic beings wearing a car suit is the fact that Stanley's ghost still was like the full car. And you can sort of work your way around that with the fact that most ghosts are wearing clothes Mm -hmm. in most popular media. But I think that's at least like a little bit of a snag for it. There are two ways that are like the most common depictions of how ghosts look. And it's, they look exactly as they looked when they died. And it's the idea of, oh, whatever you were wearing, you are wearing. And uh, however you were positioned when you died is how, like, your position. So, like, nearly head- headless Nick, he was nearly headless. Mm-hmm. And the ghost in, uh, I want to say being human, uh, the ghost in that one, she was stuck in her, like, pajamas in her afterlife because she died in her pajamas and she was very upset about it. I get and that. Uh, then there's the idea of you look however you were thought of or however you thought of yourself. So if the car body is how you think of yourself, maybe that's why he's got the car body. Hmm. Okay. Sidetrack. If we're thinking of it like that in either scenarios, let's say Tony Stark dies uh, while wearing the Iron Man suit. Is his ghost in the Iron Man suit? It depends. Because I would think no. It depends on which one you're going with. If you're going based on how you uh, look when you die, then I think there's a good chance he's just going to always be wearing the Iron Man suit. But as the ghost, he could probably like open up the helmet at least. No, yeah, of course. He, he, you would be able to... Although it would be infinitely creepier if it was like a hollow suit, sort of like in the fun Mysterio part of Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Have not seen it. Uh, Still got to see it. You haven't that. seen Spider-Man Far From Home? No, we stopped watching movies Gosh. pretty much right before that. Man, Far From Home was very good. They did Mysterio very well. I really like Mysterio. Nice. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Real quick, 
just the Mysterio sequences feel like they're a part of, like, pulled directly from a comic book in the way that sometimes the Marvel movies don't get to for me, and it's really cool. But, nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, another thing is, if it's based on how you're perceived rather than how you perceive yourself, then there's a good chance that if he dies, he's not going to look like a man in an Iron Man suit. He might just look like an Iron Man suit. Yeah, I was going to say. Unless it's based on, like, the people who, I don't know, knew you best or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. if it was based on how his loved ones thought of him, like Pepper, Happy, etc., mm-hmm. then maybe it would be like that. But if it's just based on, like, the general thought of him, then no, he would he would be Iron Man. Yep. Or just the suit. And after uh, Iron Man 3, we know that if he were to uh, die... He wouldn't view himself as being an Iron Man suit, but he still would view himself as Iron Man. So he would look like him, but he would be Iron Man. No, yeah. And if it is going off of that, it would, if it were based on public perception and he was reduced to just an Iron Man suit, that would probably be kind of torturous to him, Mm -hmm. given his, like, I don't know, issues with how he is perceived and how he perceives himself. Mm -hmm. So, huh. Sad little tangent we just went on. And also, if he's like a, a poltergeist or he's haunting something, if he dies in an Iron Man suit, he might just, you know, control the Iron Man suit from the grave. Ooh, like the creepy uh, I got no strings scene mm-hmm. from uh, Ultron. Oh, that'd be good. It would. Give us ghost Tony Stark, you cowards. They did in the comics uh, and it wasn't great. He just, like, uploaded his consciousness to a computer, though. It wasn't, like, straight-up ghost, right? I mean, it wasn't even that. It was he made a version of himself that was a program. Like, it wasn't him. It was just a program that was designed to be exactly like him. So he could still mentor Weird. Ironheart. I don't know. That doesn't sound like it would go over well. It did not. For a number of reasons. It did <laughs> Just not. knowing how comic books usually go. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so Lucas, guess what time it is? Fun fact or not very fun fact? Time for a fun fact of the day that's not really fun, but it's super amusing to me. There was, this was based on the fact that we were going to be talking about racing, but fun fact of the day, there was a long drawn out uh, discussion as to whether or not they were going to ban a type of shoe called the Nike Vaporfly from racing and like the Olympics. And the reason is... Uh These shoes are so good that they legitimately will improve your ability to run. And by that, I think the best way to state it is they just reduce the amount of shock and the amount of like loss that you get when mechanically running. So it would improve people's times by like up to 4%. And when once these shoes came out, people started breaking the like two hour, like sub two hour marathon they broke that oh, yeah that's a pretty immediately <laughs> and uh like four or five people have done it now and it's all since this shoe came out so they wanted to ban this shoe from races and they only recently i think came out with okay so we're going to allow these shoes in the olympics and it's just so ridiculous to me that that was ever even a a conversation that they were having and then I, I actually like looked into it, watched some material on it, and there was this man who was an advocate against them being used. And his argument was, oh, it's just like doping, where sure, you can do it in a safe, non-harmful way, and everyone could have access to it, to which I must say, no, I'm pretty sure there's no safe way to do it. It's going to have negative yeah. effects. And also, no, not everyone's going to have access to it. And... uh it's just so frustrating because like, no, these are just mechanically good shoes. The thing about doping is it changes your body in an unfair, unnatural way. Whereas these shoes are just well-designed enough to cause less loss, less fatigue, less effort wasted. So it's not improving you. It's reducing the poor quality of shoes So that's a ridiculous argument to begin with. And if you're going to have the argument at all of, oh, we should ban these shoes. No, everyone should specifically only run in these shoes. I I would get the conversation more if it was at a lower level. Like Mm -hmm. at the Olympics, 
either these athletes or just the organization themselves has resources enough to give. Well, like if, if these athletes don't have the resources to get these shoes, which I kind of doubt, but like, I don't know the circumstances behind all the athletes, then the organization organization itself could get them to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like in a smaller, like maybe just like, I don't know, high school track level or collegiate, I could get that. Cause then it becomes kind of like how uh, in Harry Potter, Harry Potter got uh, like the Nimbus 2000 and then like the Firebolt mm-hmm. uh, brooms. And they're like, that's the best broom. You've got the best broom twice in a row. And like, he was also naturally good at Quidditch, but like, I don't know, he had a better broom than everyone else. So no wonder he was, he could literally mechanically fly faster on it than the other people. So no wonder he could get to the golden snitch faster. Playing a little bit of devil's advocate there. I think one of the things about that is he was possibly the only one naturally gifted enough to operate this very difficult to use highly advanced machine is the theory behind it of oh sure anyone could have this broom but no one else would handle it as well as he can like these other people the brooms they have are probably good for them because it's like a lower skill curve devil devil's advocating your devil's advocate Maybe that's fair with the Firebolt, but after he got the Nimbus 2000, Draco Malfoy bought his way onto the Slytherin team by buying the whole team Nimbus 2001s, which then greatly improved uh, Slytherin's Quidditch performance. Uh, Well, I did not remember that. I'm guessing it was not in the books that I did read. I don't know, man. It was a fairly minor minor detail, but I do remember thinking like someone was so disdainful about it, like probably Ron. Uh, He was like, yeah, Malfoy, they're not any better. They just have better brooms. And he like said it to Harry, who like, again, had some talent at Quidditch, but like also just had a better broom than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been our Harry Potter fan cast. Pottermouth? Like potty mouth, does that work? Yeah. Okay. That was the quickest I've ever come up with one. I <laughs> usually cut out like a solid three, four second chunk of me just sort of sitting there thinking, I sure like this bit, but I'm never prepared for it and never do it very well. So I shouldn't point out that you actually like waited 20 seconds to say that one? John, how dare you? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. This one, I, it was, you can tell by my pattern of speech that there wasn't a cut there because you can see, you can hear my words run into each other. Uh huh. Yeah. Believe me, you have to. Absolutely. I'm not yeah. good enough at audio editing to have faked that. <laughs> it, like another thing about that fun fact of the day, they did this before with swimsuits for the Olympics. Of they, I think banned, I did hear about that. They banned a style, but the the material that was. Like everyone who wore these suits was just winning essentially. And it became this thing where they did ban these suits, but then they said, okay, but this material's too good to not use. So they used the material just in different designs. And I gotta say, that's, that's so dumb. Do not ban one thing. If you're going to make something a regulation, you should just make sure that everyone has the same thing. And that should be a thing where, oh, we provide you with the suits because that's the most fair way to do it. We provide everyone with a properly fitted suit to their body type because otherwise, what are we doing? Yeah. And I'm sure there are people who know more about sports than us who are able to tell like, no, that's actually not a good way to do it. But given my knowledge of sports, that sounds really good to me. Yep. If everyone has the same thing, it's much better than, oh, we're going to take away things that become better because that's specifically just discouraging innovation. Like there's no reason to make a better shoe if you know that making a better shoe will mean that people aren't allowed to use it. It should just be that if you're going to be making a regulation, make everything the same. Don't tick one off at a time. That's fair. Real quick, since you did uh, your fun fact that was going to be for racing, 
I'm just going to read my wiki quote that was going to be for racing because I like it a lot and I want to read it. All right. <laughs> this time we're going again to worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki. This time slash the Piston Cup most popular driver. <laughs> this one. This is another one where I get to read the entirety of the page, which you all know I love to do. Uh, the title is the Piston Cup most popular driver. The body of it is the Piston Cup Most Popular Driver is an, an award for a Piston Cup racer. And then it has honorees, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Huh. And I want to point out, they I'm pretty sure they mostly refer to the character that Dale Earnhardt Jr. voices as Jr. usually. Because mm-hmm. he does voice a character in that this that's named Junior that's basically just him as a car. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. does have a car Sona. Yes, we're moving past it. But no, they specifically say Dale Earnhardt Jr. and not Junior, which is interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 it. That's the again the whole page. Good. Ooh. Apparently the page is available in Polish. I can't read it, but this sure looks like Polish. You believe it? Yeah. All right. Uh, it is okay. Real quick, the three languages this page is available in are English, Polish, and Russian, which are a very specific three to me. But that's it. That's the end of the that's the end of the segment. I mean, those are the only three languages you need. Those are the only three languages I know. Those are the only three languages. Kind of like how we're the only podcast, but I'm not doing that bit this week. Uh, <laughs> do we have anything more to say about the fact that Stanley has unfinished business? <laughs> On Earth. Car Earth. Not today. Not today. Yeah. And it, it, it also seemed like a little bit, maybe it wasn't like a spooky unfinished business ghost. It was maybe how you see in like some movies sometimes where like the lead character will do something good in front of a gravestone and the ghost will show up for just a second and smile approvingly. So maybe, I don't know, it was a situation like that. It seemed more like that, but it's more fun to imagine that. Stanley has unfinished business and is an angry, vengeful ghost. Oh boy, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah? Stanley Stanley was a Jedi. Okay. You're implying that's a Force ghost. That is a Force ghost. He's got the blue. He's... Oh it boy. was blue. Yep. He's, he's a Force ghost. I don't want to make another... another this is our fa- Star Wars fan cast <laughs> joke, so I'm not... I probably already have. We talk about Star Wars too much on this podcast. Uh... <laughs> Oh boy. You want to end it? <laughs> All right. So remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell everyone. I, I usually say tell everyone that you think might be interested in the least. No, tell everyone. Tell everyone possible. Not even people you know. Tell everyone to listen to this podcast. And uh, that's that's it. Just tell everyone. Yeah. I was going to say go out on the streets and tell people, but don't do that. Practice responsible social distancing. Unless you got a but bubble. But do tell people. If you got a Ooh, bubble, go out on the streets. Uh, don't like bring flyers because you can't hand them out, but just go out on the streets and make a ruckus for, for the name of the Kachat. Yeah. And also, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you doing that. We like you guys. You guys are cool. And if you want to connect with us, uh, either send us some questions you have uh, or ideas for episodes or uh, names for the wiki quote section that I guilted you about earlier, you can do so on Twitter at the Kachat or at our email, thekachat at gmail.com. Both of those are all one word. I think that's all we say. All right. Uh, I've been John Bishop. I'm Lucas Southworth. Don't forget to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer. Tiny.